people like to use terms like you know future proof and stuff like that. that that's not really a thing you know but you can really prepare yourself for the future and, and what it's going to take uh, for your network to handle those changes welcome to the mcnaughton mckay podcast your electrical connection each episode we meet with an industry expert to tackle real issues in manufacturing join your host austin davidson get the latest scoop on automation products and solutions. Today I'm joined by Drew Clausen. He is a solutions architect here at McNaughton McKay, and he's going to help us walk through the network infrastructure piece of the plant floor. So Drew, if you wouldn't mind, could you give us a little introduction about yourself? Hi, Austin. Uh, Thanks for having me today. Uh, Yep, my name is Drew Clausen. I am a solutions architect. I am based in Columbus, Ohio. I've been working for the McNaughton McKay Electric Company for about the last three years. Uh, I came in as part of the Motivity Technologies team focused on network services. And now I'm a part of the services and solutions team uh, that's run by Nathan Nicholas based out of Madison Heights. And uh, I focus on pretty much all things related services and solutions. And my background, though, mainly is in network services and large scale infrastructure. Okay, so large scale infrastructure networks. Let's jump into that piece because I know for people who have listened to the previous network episode, basically, do you have a healthy network? How do you assess that? How does a customer go in and decide whether their network needs to be remedied completely or are they starting from the ground up or you know, where really are they in that process? And I'm assuming for the sake of this conversation, uh, we're going to say that we've already established the fact that we need help. And that's something that you guys can help with. Is that correct? That is correct. And so at this point, if you've already done a network assessment or a traffic analysis, we've got you know a, a report that really tells us where the remediation needs to happen. And a lot of times that's in a design of either uh, reconfiguring of an existing network or designing something new, uh, a new fiber backbone, or you know a new new componentry that needs to go in cabinets and, and the deployment of, of that infrastructure. Networks always seem like something that should be very straightforward. And then at least in my case, and maybe I'm a special case, but it never seems to to quite roll out like you want it to, maybe unless you're an expert like you guys are. So say that we've already done this assessment. Uh, you guys are working now in tandem with the customer. Where do we start or what's kind of the next considerations that need to be? Uh, taken care of. Yeah, you're right. It should be straightforward. And I think in, uh, a couple of years ago, once um, you know people really saw the adoption of of Ethernet and and some of the protocols that we see that are now commonplace, um, whether that's the the Purdue model or or Rockwell's converged plant wide uh, Ethernet, uh, that is something that is now uh, industry standard. So I think a lot of those networks were deployed with the best intention in mind, um, but maybe they were deployed by IT. And IT is going to have a different set of uh, objectives and protocols than the uh, OT, the operational technology in the plant floor is. Um, IT is going to deal a lot with your email and your phone, uh, security cameras, printers. Those are all things that we don't want on the plant floor. We don't want any of that traffic. We want it all segmented and really on the other side of the firewall. So without getting into the weeds too much, uh, the assessment that maybe you've done in a previous episode with a, a report that was generated, it probably showed you 
what was you know what machine was talking to what where the traffic was flowing you know this this uh this data capture these these packets that flow back and forth and if you've got all those things mixed in together email and phones and then every all your processes on the floor uh, that can be real detrimental um, even from a safety standpoint a lot of what's happening on the floor um, there, there's timing protocols and safety protocols that need to happen where things need to have very, very low latency. So if something, a light curtain or something gets tripped, you, you want that safety uh, protocol to, to come into contact first, as opposed to being you know, clogged up by a bunch of email and, and uh, voice um, you know, mails and things like that flowing over the internet or over the network. That's something that's very interesting to me that I remember from the previous conversation with Janie is... In a lot of these situations, and I don't deal with servos, I deal with I do deal with safety, but I knew in some processes, the deterministic nature of the network is extremely important. So while we need something, maybe a, a motion controller, or like you were giving an example of a safety controller or a safety light curtain, we need that to be high priority. If I if I don't get the email right away, it's not really gonna do me any harm. Right. You know, like even I guess from the servo and the safety side, those are basically a process versus uh, personnel safety. But we are only talking about Ethernet, right, as we move forward? Right. So these are things that, you know, an IT department is going to be familiar with. Um, you know, we've probably all heard the term quality of service, QoS, and that's what gets priority on the network. So we want to collaborate and work in tandem with um, whether it's corporate IT or, or the team that's in charge of designing those networks initially, because we want them to understand what we need prioritized, you know, the quality of service that needs to happen on the, on the firewall, on the side of the production floor to keep the, the manufacturing operating, uh, you know, 24, seven, 365, because essentially if the plants down, nothing really matters outside of that. You know, the, the emails are really, are really secondary. Um, so, um, we, we have seen the adoption of some ITOT governance boards, uh, companies getting together and saying, okay, how can we make this work best? And then bringing in a third party uh, like a McNaughton McKay network services team to help implement that. So, just to kind of keep myself on track at this point of the conversation and where we're at with the customer, uh, we have some of their people involved. And then essentially at this stage, you guys are acting as a consultant, right? Right. I, I do see us uh, acting as a consultant on a lot of these projects. I think we do wear a lot of hats. I think project management is important because we do work with um we're going to work with Rockwell and Panduit and Cisco um, that they're a real strong trifecta in the logical and physical designs that really go into eventually, again, working with a uh, certified integrator. A lot of companies have a preferred uh, group that's already in their facility. They know, uh, you know, the day to day operations. They're in there pulling cable all the time. So, you know, we don't want to push them away. We again, we want to bring them closer. We want to bring them into the conversation, just like we want IT involved. We want full transparency and we want everyone involved because everyone's invested in getting this plant floor network operating exactly the way it should be at the, um, the most optimal uh, performance that, that it can be. So, so I guess you corrected me a little bit in the sense that it's less of a consultant position and more of a project manager, giving the customer maybe just one hand to shake rather than a bunch of others. And I, I know from the PO side, right, because I don't work with services like you do, customers a lot of times do like when there's only one person to cut the PO to. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that that's advantageous for us a lot. But I guess from the services side, there's a lot of benefits to that too if they are working in tandem with you. But 
you have all these great connections since you guys do this all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's the definition of a turnkey solution. So yes, we are going to consult throughout the project, um, but you're right. It is one hand to shake and it is that project management where, you know, we can essentially really guide the project, you know, soup to nuts, uh, you know, all the way through. I think these days that there's, there's so many things that go into a project of this size, this, this, these, these large scale industrial projects that a role like myself, sorry, you know, a solution architect, I mean, I'm, I'm part salesman, I'm, I'm part consultant, and I'm part project manager. You know, as, as soon as the, the, the kickoff meeting starts all the way until the network is commissioned, um, I'm, I'm a part of that process all the way through along with our, our network engineers. So um, the, these are projects that the life cycle tends to be, you know, 12 to 18 months. Uh, the, these are these are large scale projects. And and ultimately, these are uh, networks that are around for, for many, many years. OK, so I, I'm going to give you kind of an open ended uh, question at this point. So we've we've walked through the process. Previously, we did an assessment. Now we've determined that we need to bring in McNaughton McKay Solutions to come and actually help us with this design. And you said from basically from conception to deployment, we're helping the customer along the way. Is there anything that stands out from this process, whether it's a a gotcha or just a part that you really enjoy or that you find interesting that you would like to discuss a little bit? Yeah. Um, I think I really enjoy working with our partners in projects like this. Um, I've mentioned uh, Panduit and and Rockwell uh, as being great partners, Um, but it's something I've learned along the way as I go into all these different plants and, and factories is that there's really this this sliding scale of investment in, in infrastructure to say things like software or hardware. And the things that tend to be around the longest are the copper and fiber and cabinets and these really these pieces of hardware you rely on every day, but the the investment is is probably some of the lowest. But but when you when you turn it on its head, the ROI, you know, the return on investment of, of infrastructure is immense because it, it keeps your factory running. Downtime is costly. So whether you're in automotive or, or chemical or pharmaceutical, every second, minute or hour that your factory is down, you know, those dollars add up really quick. So uh, when it comes to something like a forklift uh, clipping a fiber line or something like that, you can imagine, um, you know, how critical that, that is. So I think it's really interesting to go in and see all these these different facilities, work with our partners, design these solutions, and at the end of the day, see them operational. Yeah. And it, it sounds kind of like a little bit of a catch-22 though, right? I, I know right now, uh, from another side of our solutions group, we've been working through some IBEs, which for those that don't know, is an install-based evaluation. Essentially, that's where we go in and we help understand what's in the net, or excuse me, what's in the plant mm-hmm. um, and help you set up a plan for migrations and all that jazz. But really what it comes down to is prioritizing things that you need to spend money on. And it always seems like if you spend it one place, you're leaving yourself open somewhere else and that it just never seems to end. So I, I guess what I would like to say at that or to that point is it is nice that we offer things like our solutions groups and the services groups so that you guys, you see it and walk it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's something where that's why I take my car to a mechanic and I don't do all the repairs myself. Right. Cause I'm right. sure I could figure it out, 
but it's not going to be real fun for me. Whereas they know exactly what they're doing. Right. I, I think that you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's why I have a, a tax accountant. My father would always say that, you know, what did you go to college for? Did you go to college to be a tax accountant? Well, no, I didn't. So let's hire the guy that knows what he's doing. But I think having those, those honest conversations at the end of the day, those, those hard conversations and, and prioritizing what needs to happen, whether that's, you know, a CapEx conversation, and this is something that's maybe not going to happen for 12 to 18 months, but we've got a customer right now that's actually in the middle of an IBE. We tend to pair IBEs with network assessments, so that way you're getting uh, a true picture of what is in the what is in the facility and the health of the network, because these days, the network, everything's on the network. Yeah, and from the... Uh... From my standpoint, I mean, we, I pretty much feel like I mention it in every episode, but I mean, even sensors and I've heard down the road, they're wanting to put even push buttons on some sort of network infrastructure. So just, just think of somewhere down the road, the amount of extra traffic you're going to have on your network. And if you're not prepared for it, then you're not going to be able to take advantage of it, or you're going to have a hard time uh, laying it out. It's, it's only going to increase. So, and just like, you know, just like security, there's just, you know, there's only going to be more attacks, you know, your network is only going to have more traffic. So yeah, it's one of those things that I'll always tell somebody that, you know, there's, there's people like to use terms like, you know, future proof and stuff like that, that that's not really a thing, you know, but you can really prepare yourself for the future and and what it's going to take uh, for your network to handle those changes. So that, that is kind of the big monster of the, the network, right? Is you have to have it. It's going to keep getting more complex that makes it harder for you to manage, say, as an end user. That also makes you more susceptible if there's more things that people can attack through. So it's great that we have an offering like your team to come in and, you know, really help guide everybody through. Well, I mean, Rockwell and, and McNaughton McKay had the vision a number of years ago to see that that's really where things were going. I mean, the adoption of Ethernet, like we mentioned earlier in the in the episode, that that's commonplace now, even more so than it was five years ago. So it's more than just, uh, you know, selling brown boxes and getting things out the door. It's really supporting um, the customer and, and the infrastructure that's needed uh, to put that hardware onto the network. Certainly. And hey, if you find any brown boxes, we haven't been able to find any. So you kick there's them over short- my way. <laughs> there's, a, there's a shortage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, that's about all the time we have. Uh, Drew, thank you so much for walking us through what you do once you have done a network assessment and how McNaughton McKay's solutions and services can help you from design to deployment by giving you just one hand to shake. Thanks, Austin. Awesome. Have a good one.